Welcome to Executive Tools, Responding to a Crisis, Part 3. This cast answers these questions. What's the executive playbook for responding to a crisis? What's the first thing to do in a crisis? What do I say when asked to communicate in a crisis? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. Next up, say what the right thing is. Yeah, so a lot of times when people tell their story, and again, you're going to have people say, well, let's craft a story. No, let's talk about the facts because facts don't lie and stories do. The whole point of stories is to put a bunch of facts together and potentially come up with a different answer. But you have to say what you did wrong, okay? If you think you're creating a story that's supposed to elide or slip by or not really mention it, but allow people to assume that you know what happened, um, you're doing it wrong, okay? And when you say, we need to say what, that what we did was wrong, the people on the team, your team, are going to go crazy. But they think, because they've probably not been here before, that the purpose of this is to be clever in the cover-up, to limit risk and to liability. Your motivation should be about honesty and probity. This saying what the right thing is, and then the assumption, I think, in, in this is that you're going to say what the right thing is, and then you're going to do the right thing. Yes, and yes. My experience has been that this is what changes the conversation, right? The exactly. conversation becomes about what you're going to do, right? And right. if you're honest and forthright and your solution or what you're going to do in the future suggests excellence, people then start to think about that as opposed to the mistake that was made. Yes, completely agree. When an organization has done something wrong, the fastest way back to a place of respect among your customers, among the public, among your employees and among your suppliers is to admit it. Now, look, if in fact there's an individual problem, somebody who's well-known outside the company did something individual, uh, I'll just give you, we're going to take two minutes on this tangent here and say this, that individual, which who, who has potentially besmirched the company's reputation, may well feel it's the smart thing to do legally to say, I deny all of these accusations, okay? And that's fine, but they're not the company. And in fact, if that happens, if somebody has to deny all the accusations, if you know what happened and there's going to be problems, they need, you need to encourage them to resign. Uh, and if not, you fire them. Somebody who creates a brand reputational risk for the company for something that they did probably needs to be fired. And by the way, not because of how it looks, but because the company has to police its own internally. If a person has done something illicit or illegal or immoral or unethical, and then they stick around because the CEO got a contract which says, if I'm accused of anything, the company will pay all my legal bills, right? The company can still fire them and that's fine, but you're not going to, you're not going to do it from our podium. We're not going to have you defending your individual behavior from our podium. So if you don't admit that you did something wrong and others have decided you are wrong or the facts bear out that you did something wrong, it's different if the facts don't bear that out. You're now making a second bigger mistake. Again, it's along the lines of the cover-up. The right thing to do, not the easy thing, because the right thing is usually the hard thing, 
frustratingly, is to admit your error. We were wrong. I apologize. And the best way to make clear that you know you did wrong is to say what the right thing is. Yeah, it's not hard. It might sound like the right thing here would have been to do X. And then simply say, and we did not do that. And I'll tell you something else that your communications expert will tell you. No sentences with commas. Only short declarative sentences. Commas suggest multiple ideas in a sentence, unless it's really poorly written, in which case, just a stupid comma. But you don't want multiple ideas. You want single ideas in each of your sentences. Okay? One. And that means no commas. The right thing here would have been to do X. Period. Full stop. And we did not do that. Full stop. Now, if you don't put a full stop after the right thing here would have been to do, if you put <laughs> a tonal like a comma, the right thing here would have been to do this. Now they expect something else. And that they assume that the next word out of your mouth is going to be but. Yep. If you make it a full stop, they don't know what the next thing is going to be. And when you say, and we did not do that, and what is that? Six words? Right? <laughs> and by the way, you could probably be looking down, reading the first sentence, but the next sentence, and we did not do that, you ought to be looking right at the cameras when you say that, if in fact this is a camera event. Now look, there are people who say, okay, fine, fine. The cover-up crowd will say, or the story crowd, or the elision crowd will say, well, okay, we can tell them what the right thing to have done would have been, but let's point out all the reasons why what we did makes sense, okay? There were cost issues. There were extenuating circumstances. Factors that are not obvious. And we're not going to tell you what they are. Yeah, who don't. <laughs> not obvious for people who do not do whatever it is your firm does. All of these reasons are excuses. That's how they'll be seen. Do not offer excuses. State the facts. Take responsibility for the facts as you acted around them. Say what the right thing would have been and that you did not do those things. Simple as that. Short, declarative sentences. And, you know, you know there are people who say this is groveling. Yeah, you know, I think standing up in front of a a microphone with a camera in your face and looking directly and saying I did something wrong is not groveling. They call it groveling because they don't like the fact that we're admitting we were wrong. They don't like the fact that we're having to take responsibility. But that's what you do. Human beings and all human organizations are full of human beings. Human beings make mistakes. We all know this about each other, and the people that we respect are the people who own their mistakes. They don't say, well, I had good reasons. Everybody has a good reason. When we're at the conference, we have a, when we're at effective manager conference, we have a discussion about feedback, and uh, there's always somebody asking the latest hot trend in 2023, it's actually been a trend for several years, is have a dialogue with your people about feedback. Have a dialogue. Sit down with them. Ask them why they did it. Really get to know what their rationale is. This is dumb, by the way. No one has any data about whether or not that works other than us. We tried it. It doesn't work. But what's amazing is we asked the group, okay, here's why that doesn't work. Anybody here made a mistake in the last month? Everybody raises their hand. 
Anybody here set out to do it on purpose to, in order to screw things up? Nobody raised their hand. I said, look, everybody always has good reasons for everything they do. They're reasonably smart, reasonably ethical, and then things go wrong. And you're paid for behavior, and that behavior is linked to results. And if the results are wrong, the behavior was incorrect. Now, there are rare exceptions, just like the decision theory rule that it's entirely possible that the right decision turns out with bad results because you didn't know about something. But the fact is, you've just got to admit it. You, you have to scourge yourself. It may feel that way in return for getting your reputation back. Yep. I love our next point because it really raises the bar yeah. a little bit. Because, you know, is, is it a tactical mistake that you admit? But the question you haven't answered yet is, is there something fundamental about the company? I mean, are you an ethical company? That's what people want to know. Is this just an example yeah, that exactly. you've now been caught with? Or are you doing the right thing? And we know like ethical companies, they know that its behaviors must be above reproach, right? Yeah. And when it doesn't meet that standard, a company with high standards, like ours, we'd hope, acknowledge that it's supposed to set an example and we fail. And we admit we have high standards and we need to set examples. Yeah, I've, I've had people say to me before, you're absolutely right. And they say to me, well, we don't have to do this. And I say, yes, we do. Because everyone understands that ethical companies do the right thing. And when they make a mistake, the right thing is to admit they made a mistake. Well, you know, you might say, well, we didn't meet the standard in this situation, right? We didn't meet a standard, but that's okay because we're human. But now is the time to say out loud that you know you're supposed to set an example, yeah. that you know you did not meet that standard and you intend to do so going forward. And, and what it does is if you don't want to admit that you're the kind of company that sets an example, if you don't do that, it suggests that the failed behavior or result is to standard. That I know you guys don't like it, but this is how we do it. So I feel the need to say, I apologize, but privately I don't, you know, that's not that important. You have to say, I, we didn't meet our own standard, let alone the standards of our customers and so on. And again, this scourging, if you will, strengthens your case that future communications will meet the higher standard of setting the right example of being honest of being ethical, and they won't go anywhere else for the other part of the story because they know they can get both sides of the story, what you did and what you're going to do, and also what you didn't do or what was wrong, both sides, good and bad, from you. If all you give is one, then they're going to look to the other side. They're going to look elsewhere for the other. They're going to start calling individuals. And you know, I've been involved in private companies for the last 30 years of my life. And one of the first things we tell new employees at our private company is people will call and ask for our financials. Oh, this is Dow Jones, or this is somebody else. And we're just trying to include you in a database at no charge. I need to know some things. No, you don't. You know, we don't, people don't talk about their paychecks. We don't talk about the finances of, of the company and reporters will call and say, hey, look, I just got the story of Axe, and I just want to make sure I've got some names right. Well, the young person in the company goes, sure, I'll be happy to help you. Yeah, it's out there. And he says, well, hey, how do you feel about it? And I'm sorry, let, before you answer, let me get your name, because I need. I want to write you a thank you note. What's your address? And, and he <laughs> says, well, how do you feel about it? Well, it's disappointing, obviously. <laughs> yeah, now you're going to be in the news. And... 
Congratulations. All your dr- yeah, congratulations. You're, you're do- 15 nothing minutes Nothing but good, right? Yeah, yeah. All press is good press, right? There's no bad press. I'll be well known. Excellent. Yeah. CEO will know my name. Great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> For a moment. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you got to admit that you didn't meet the standard and say what the standard is, what we should have done or what should have happened here or the official process here is X and we didn't follow that process. Okay. And then next apologize. Yeah. Right? Admitting the facts and admitting you're wrong. There, there's a difference between all that and actually apologizing, saying something like, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. And you'll notice that it comes later than people think. If you start out your thing with, I'm sorry for this regrettable incident, people think you're looking for sympathy. Okay. Mm. You must talk about the good and the bad to reestablish your integrity so that when you apologize, it will be seen as coming from somebody with integrity. If you apologize first, let's put out an apology. No, you idiot. That's not what you do. It's a great point. If you hear somebody apologize before Uh, saying what happened, you know it's going to happen, which is they're going to apologize, and then they're going to tell you all the reasons, right? You, You assume that before they get the words apologize out of their mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So- After you've said all the stuff we've just recommended, you got to apologize. Apologies are easy in form, although there's no evidence of that in modern society today. And, you know, that said, you better have it written down word for word because it may end up causing you to have a catch in your throat, a lump in your throat when you do it. But again, the right thing is often the hard thing to do. It's as simple as saying, we're sorry for our mistake. We regret our error. We were wrong. Okay. Now, folks, you do not elaborate much past that. That is the apology. If you say more than that, you get into emotions and so on. And, uh, you know, the, the, now you're publicly scourging yourself. You're, you're involving them in your scourging and it's not, it's not useful. It's dangerous. Apologies, good, meaningful, heartfelt apologies are Short, direct, and simple. They do not include words like if, we mentioned that earlier. If we offended you is not an apologies. Apologies do not point out the portion of the audience that you offended or that you failed. To those whom we did not serve well, to those, I'm sorry, to those whom we did not serve well, is not an, uh, an apology, but it's a limitation of liability, saying, well, it's only a small number. You know, there's a small group of people that we wronged here. No, you're the organization. All of your customers were essentially wronged by the group that got wronged. It's unlikely that every single customer could be hurt by a single activity. The one I hate is we regret that some are upset with us. Like, like, not that we did anything wrong. We just, we just regret that you're upset with us. Yeah. Your upsetness is a problem for us. Oh, God. I hate that. Apologize to everyone because in a crisis, everyone is listening whether they were harmed by your actions or not. Yeah. And, and by the way, folks, if you don't know how to apologize, there's a cast for that called How to Apologize. So look at that. It's not hard. And oh, by the way, you know, have somebody on your team say, look, I want you to find 20 
I'm, I'm assuming the PR people and legal people have this. Go find 20 big corporate incidents and go find the public statement made quickly afterwards. And then go through them, read them, and see which ones are good and which ones turn your stomach. And then find out what's common about the ones that turn your stomach. And let's make sure we don't do that. And I guarantee you, you'll discover there's two types. 90% will turn your stomach. They're all deflection. They're all obfuscation. They're all reasons and excuses and, uh, and uh, extenuating circumstances and meaning well and a long history of serving customers. And then there's a 10% that said, we didn't do this right. We were wrong. The right thing would have been to do this. We apologize. We regret our actions caused harm. And then next is you say what you're doing about it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, say what you're doing. Oh, but only after you've done all the things above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because you don't have any. If somebody's accused you of something, people are wondering how honest are these people, how ethical are these people, how good are these people. If you don't do all these other steps, the thing you say that you're doing. Hey, you know, if you walk up there and go, look, I'm just telling you, we solved the problem. That's a self-serving statement. They don't believe it until you win back yeah. your reputation, your brand. It sounds like Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Only after you've gone through all the steps above can an organization take the time to say what it's doing. It'll be tempting to talk about your response earlier. And, and again, it'll be seen as a defense. And crisis responses are not about defense, but about ethically taking responsibility. So you've learned the facts. Now you communicate the facts, good and bad, and you've taken responsibility and you've apologized, only then can you safely talk about what you are doing to mitigate what has happened and prevent it from happening again. And it boils down to this, then and only then. That's the lesson for talking about responses and mitigation. You have to go to the bottom of the well and say that what you did is wrong after you've gotten all the facts. And I promise you, somebody is going to be wanting the first meeting to be drafting something that quickly, and it doesn't work. You have to get the facts, and only at the end. The part that everybody wants to talk about is they want to say, I'm sorry, and here's what we're doing. That's wrong. Sorry and what we're doing are the last two things you say. Otherwise, you're defending yourself, and, and now's not the time to defend yourself. There is a time for that. But it's not now. It's not It's now. not when you're responding to a crisis in the very beginning. All right. So summarize all that. That was, that is some good stuff there, dude. Okay. So crisis responses and communications are about forthrightness, not defensiveness. Okay. Forthrightness means without evasiveness, without ambiguity. You can only begin to reclaim your reputation by going straight to the point with painful clarity. When you respond this way, people see that you are willing to be honest, even when it hurts. The old saying about etiquette is, do you practice good etiquette even when no one is around? Okay. Are you willing to be honest even when it hurts? If you're not willing to be honest even when it hurts, then you're not really an honest broker. You're not really an honest person. When you respond this way, you'll start reclaiming your reputation immediately. And the sooner you reclaim your reputation this way, the more receptive your audience will be to the apology and the steps you're taking to mitigate or reduce the chances anything of, of anything else happening. Anything else, doing it any other way, will only extend the pain 
and delay your return to the good graces of your customers and your community and ultimately society, which your customers represent. Very well said, my friend. Thank you. That's my pleasure. It's a lot of fun. Many of you are listening to this and going, yeah, that won't happen to me. Yes, it will. Yeah, well, <laughs> stick around long enough. It will. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, partner. See you next time. So long. Mm-hmm.